Hello, howdy, and welcome to the Kung Fu Cowboy and a Cat Named Bear podcast show. And today's show is titled Scorpion Resurrection Next Sting. I'm going to tell you the story of that scorpion crawling up and stinging me right in the ad, right near the Adam's apple. So, uh, yeah, that, that's 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 uh, anyway. That's the whole start. That wasn't the beginning of the Scorpion Resurrection. Well, we'll tell the story later. Anyway, Scorpion Resurrection Next Sting. Glad you're here. All right, here's your story of my scorpion interaction. Kung Fu Cowboy here. And what had happened was Scott had driven down to San Diego and had me sign all the um, agreements you have to sign for a movie deal, you know, giving your life story away to some extent, to a large extent. And uh, uh, so he could write the story about me, use me and parts of my story and whatever in this movie. And he began working on the Kung Fu Cowboy rock and roll movie one. And it was about a month into the uh, writing, and Scott had been sending me some samples, and there was some hilarious and really cool stuff. I was a homeless vigilante, and and I tried to write it into a uh, direction. I don't know. I've told the story somewhere, but um, to mention it again, I I um, <clears throat> got him. Well, I came involved in the writing, especially after about a month or so after I. We've got this all written down somewhere. I got stung by a scorpion in the neck. Yeah, I'm in San Diego. He's in Los Angeles writing the screenplay. So I'm working for a, um, uh, what was his name, Brad uh, Paisley, uh, Western country artist. And I was working for him at what was then called the, I believe it was the Cricket Amphitheater. It changes names depending on who subsidizes it. But that amphitheater is right near the Mexican border. It's really kind of nice. It's really small, but it's... Well, kind of small. It's, it's actually perfect in a way. If it gets any bigger than that, the sound goes crappy because you're going to get echo and stuff and you're too far from the artist. It's about, I think, about the right size you'd ever want to make it without making it too big. And so it's a nice amphitheater down there. And I worked it a whole bunch of times and um, as a stagehand, as a, as a bunch of bands down there. But anyway, um, Neil Diamond worked for him. So anyway, I'm working this Brad Paisley. And in this particular case, I was working sound because I was running the cables down the trough. I was doing the speakers. You have to hang these speakers up. And that's a little process of hooking them all together in kind of a sequence and a chain and hanging them up there safely with safety chains and everything. You can't have them falling and they've got to be secure. Those things weigh a lot. And uh, so we're, we're rigging together a lot of stuff. So we rigged together all that stuff and all the cords and everything. And then we got to take those cords and run them down a trough and run them all the way up halfway, you know, almost three-fourths of the way up the hill, half the way up the hill to where the sound booth is in the middle of the stadium. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, the seating, of course, is everywhere else. But somebody's got to run the sound, and they got to be able to see it, and they're doing, mixing the lights and everything from there. So it's a really cool place to be. <laughs> so I was setting up the sound booth. In fact, I set up the overhead um, uh, tents and and stuff while I was there. But I pull in the troughs. And anyway, at one point during while I was pulling the troughs, I'm usually wearing gloves. In my case, I always wear leather gloves, and I'm wearing gloves. And so a scorpion must have been down there in the trough, <clears throat> a little tan one, which are the most poisonous of them all, which... Of course, it was just luck. Of course, I don't believe in luck. <laughs> I'm being funny. Anyway, this little tan scorpion crawl, must have crawled onto my glove. Of course, I didn't feel it. And I always wore long sleeve shirts. Uh, and so I probably uh, crawled up my sleeve, crawled up to my neck. And once it got to my neck and I'm moving around, I probably startled it or scared it. And the thing just 
bit, it stung me right in the neck under the Adam's apple. Now, the funny thing is I was working really hard, you know, and I, you know, you get little pains and whatever, you know, and, and maybe that's why I didn't notice it. Maybe I was doing something dramatic when it, when it stung me. And, uh, so I didn't notice the sting in the neck. And so it was a couple hours later as I, my leg was swelling up and I was actually talking to the owner <clears throat> of the, um, rhino staging, um, and uh, Bob, uh, what's his name? They own that theater in Hollywood. Uh, I'll think of it just a second. Anyway, his family, um, anyway, he, he's a big, big wig in this rhino staging. And he was sitting there talking to me. And as I'm talking to him, I, I was starting to notice my leg was getting numb. And I thought I was just falling asleep because I was sitting, I was kind of on the edge of some pallets uh, backstage talking to him. We were done. I'd been signed out. And I was just ready to walk to my car. And I was just hanging out with the big boss. And he knew that I was an artist or something like that. So I thought we were having a little extra camaraderie there because of my not just being a grunt. I was, you know, I, th- I thought he recognized me as a person of some other talents. So we were talking away. And when we were done, I got up to stand up and I almost fell down. My uh, leg was numb. Um, I, I think it was my left, would have been my left leg probably. And my left leg was numb. And uh, I just kind of started hobbling away. And I thought, ooh, that's weird. The boss is right there. You know, and I, I didn't want to look stupid. I'm still thinking that my leg had fallen asleep because I was sitting there wrong. And, you know, you, you know, you macho man, you, gotta, you don't want, you want to look good. So I kind of hobbled away. And by the time I got almost to my car, I realized there's something wrong with my leg. But I was signed out and I didn't want to go back. And I didn't, you know, didn't, you know what was I going to report? I, and I still didn't know what was wrong with me. So I just anyway kind of hobbled the rest of the way to my car and got in and started it up and drove all the way home. And by the time I got home and looked at it, my leg was huge, all swollen up and everything. And I obviously something was really wrong. And uh, I was in a lot of pain. And so anyway, that's how it started. That was the very, very beginning of it. And uh, um, yeah, (laughs) I had to go to emergency room. And uh, they um, gave me all kinds of stuff to, I'll have to think about it a minute to remember that story. It's been a while. But uh, yeah, I had to go to the emergency room and they gave me some whatever it was. And um, we had to figure out where it was and try to figure out where the sting was. And it was on my Adam's app because I didn't know where the sting even really was. And uh, so it was, yeah, that, that was a uh, un- very, very, very uncomfortable. Now, the unfortunate thing about it, because my leg did swell up so much, I made the mistake of trying to go back to work too soon. And as a result, I injured my ligaments and everything that were all swollen or, you know, disconnected from the swelling or something. And I injured myself and the the damage that was caused, most of the damage, I believe that was caused to me. I mean, maybe it was, it was actually because I was trying too hard to move or work while I should have been still completely disabled and until the swelling had completely gone down. Oh, yeah, they had me on all kinds of hormones, too, to, to reduce the swelling. That was it, because there were some jokes I was making about, I don't want to grow boobs. And, and the doctor said, Those, these aren't the kind that do. And I go, well, you, you sure? And uh, so it, it was kind of funny. And, well, no, I don't know. I, I, I make light of it. Let's put it that way. Okay, so anyway, there's the beginning of the story of Scorpion Resurrection. The next thing with that tan Oh, by the way, uh, the actual way that I... <clears throat> I, I, I had seen the way I actually was able to really deduce it or I would have really been in trouble was after it had actually stung me and I didn't realize it had stung me, one of my teammates, uh, Topher, he went by Christopher, I guess his name, but he went by Topher. He came up with a pair of pliers and plucked it off the back of my neck. He saw it on, my, on the back of my, or actually I felt him. It was somewhere near the back of my neck and, t- and he grabbed it with some pliers and then he held it in front of my face really proudly and the thing was just writhing around trying to sting at the air. This little tester goes, look what I did. Or actually, if, if we look my journals closer that I can give you the exact quote of, you know, look what I found or look what I caught or whatever. And I go, what? You know, and uh, then he took it away. Neither of us realized I'd already, already been stung by it. So 
anyway, there's your story of the beginning, the very origins of the uh, uh, Scorpion Resurrection aspect of the uh, movie. This is your album update for the Scorpion Resurrection album. It is still incomplete. I'm looking forward to getting a little more progress on it, but it's nice just warming it up and, and playing around to it. And uh, In fact, on this podcast show, I'm going to perform along to one of the album tracks. So that'll be a first. I'll try to play it in the background and play along with it. So it'll kind of fill it out as much as I think uh, you should enjoy and being impressed by my solo playing. Yeah, but hopefully it will sound even better with me and or the band, American Zen, playing behind me. The book, Super Soul 13, is really pertinent because it tells the story of the first Kung Fu Cowboy movie, which is actually the fifth one, but being made and produced. And uh, I just wanted to elaborate one little point on that, and that is, what is a super soul? A super soul is something that everyone has. So everyone has a regular soul, and then they have a super soul. So... The regular soul is the one you are maybe hopefully willing to or possibly believing that you do have. Then the super soul is like your black box. That's the one that goes directly back to God. That's not even yours. It's kind of like a hitchhiker or just kind of a duplicate, like maybe it's a, you know, and a half of it is yours, half of it's his or something. So there's kind of the other half is the part that goes to God. So if we can, whatever you want to conceive of God as, is even maybe an AI or something. But anyway, God gets this information and then, now I don't go any farther with it in terms of judgment and what happens to you and the pearly gates and heaven and hell or anything like that. I, I really don't. But I do believe that even in this scenario, it's possible that God is then knowing what happened and God is learning and re being actually developed and growing and becoming the conglomeration of all these souls that are joining it. And that is also, I don't really, I don't think pronounce that in this book, but as I, over the years, I've come to realize that we have polluted God because I don't think that man makes, if, if God was good and we're coming back and joining in with him, I don't think we're making him better. I don't think that adding human qualities is actually improving God. Uh, you know, obviously he, he knows everything, but he knows everything bad and everything that I don't want to know. There's lots of things that I feel better not knowing more about or spending time thinking about. So God has been polluted by man, but I don't really pronounce that so I'm sorry. Maybe I'm sorry I went there, but maybe I'm not. Read Super Soul 13 so you can see what I'm talking about, and you'll understand why I said that. By the time you hear this, I'm hoping that we've got a paperback version of Super Soul 13. I'm wishing I had one in my hands right now. Uh, but it's a fun story, and I think that it details a an interesting story that happened in terms of our financing on the um, uh, movie. The movie Kung Fu Cowboy, Rock and Roll Movie 1. And what had happened was I'd signed in some crew people. A lot of people heard about it and wanted to be a part of it and kind of like trying to get a jump on it before I started making it. So they've got the job, you know, you know. I didn't have the money yet, and I still don't have the money, so I still can't hire him. But there's a bunch of people who, who've kind of gone in, come in, chipped in, and offered some support. And whammo, they kind of cemented their position a little bit. They could have cemented it a little more with a little more effort over the years. But, you know, I've still got to give them credit for being there a few years ago. Um, so, anyway, the point is is that uh, 
when we were making the movie, I also got a referral from one of these people who was helping us to a financier. And I you know, went into Beverly Hills and met the, Bever- the, the financier. And, uh, and it was very interesting, and I could get into all the details of it. And uh, he was trying to get me the, the, the end result. Well, let's see. How much of this story am I going to tell? He, um, now, I would have to say, to tell the story, I would have to say bad things about him and accuse him of the intention to do bad things and maybe even accuse him of already doing bad things from what I'd heard. So in terms of what I'm going to say, I'm going to hold off for right now. <laughs> we'll let the book get in trouble. So yeah, go get the book and, and uh, that way the, I won't get in trouble. <laughs> At least not on the podcast. So, so go see that trouble I'm making. That's Super Soul 13 by Buddha Z. I, I'm publishing under Buddha Z. Buddha Z is going to do the Buddhism book. So he's going to do an eight-book series on the Four Noble Truths. By that time, everybody in the world is going to finally understand what they are. If you read those books, you'll understand and be able to use them. You'll be using them. It'll, the last books will make sure that you can find ways to make be, make them useful for you. So, yeah, the, uh, so Buddha Z, he's going to do the Super Soul. In fact, I guess he'll maybe do continue the Super Soul series in which he pursues this concept of which he came to discover. We, as, a, as the subtitle of the book is, Discovering the Soul of God. In other words, this piggyback soul, this black box that we're all carrying within us. All right, so there's a little more information about Super Soul 13. And uh, go find out how it tells some stories about the Kung Fu Cowboy movie. Hey, for your movie update for the Kung Fu Cowboy rock and roll movie one, um, or the zombie movie, uh, really what I'd like to do is put it out there that we really need a new line producer who can bring down our budgets, you know, to a more practical level and pull them off. And of course, somebody who's connected to the money to make this happen. So we need the money and we need the line producer. And I'd like to think we're ready to go on this. We've been ready for a long time in pre-production so hey if you want to help with the movie or you know somebody can help or you think somebody might help uh, make have them talk to me um kung fu cowboy also the producer richard del connor have give me a call oh an added uh, incentive to a uh, financer help me make the movie a bear's gonna be in the movie and uh, you know a cat named bear he's kind of uh, a very small supporting role in the end of this first one, but uh, he'll have a, a much better one later. I actually find him in the uh, doctor's house, the evil doctor who's making all the uh, zombie things, and and my bear is one of his uh, was one of his projects, shall we say? And you'll find more of the history of him in the next movie, where you know we actually find out what where Bear came from a little bit and how he was created. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Kung Fu Cowboy and a cat named Bear. Uh, help Bear get a, get a supporting role here in this movie. All right, here we go. I'm still experimenting, trying to figure out how to do this. I've got you playing out of my little JBL um, tubular music box. And uh, then I'm about three feet away playing my flute. And let's see, this is Black Hills Ride from my upcoming Scorpion Resurrection album. I'm Kung Fu Cowboy. All right, let's see what happens. Thank you. 
That came out cool. Uh, that next song starting up, that's Black of Night. 